This is First and Moose after returning from a long break over the summer and back with Connor Taylor, Patrick, and Manny. How was your old summer? And uh, are you guys looking forward to this football season in, in two days as of this recording? Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought a uh, good summer. Nice to be back in the, in the swing of things, but uh, still felt like there was something missing with, uh, with football. Very excited that starting uh, this Thursday with a great game. Looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. No, I can agree. Good summer, but you know what? I'm excited. It's fall again. We got WVU football back, and we got and we got NFL coming back as well. So, should be a good season. Uh, a lot of good storylines coming out of the summer and over the off season. So, should be an interesting season, and kind of see where everything ends up. Are we Are we still excited about Are you still excited about WVU football? Patrick, after <laughs> after Saturday, I know you mentioned it, but I don't know. I think my excitement's kind of kind of tampered now. Yeah, I, I mean it's tough. I mean, obviously, we came into the season with high expectations, and I was like, you know what? You know, the comments from Coach Brown, uh, all the players are like, you know what? It's gonna be a good year. I'm like, all right, you know what? I bought in. I'm ready for this. And then I I don't know what happened. Uh, I was genuinely it was it was a disaster I mean you know what there were some good moments Slutty Brown had a good game but it just seemed like the game plan honestly just kind of it just didn't seem right again giving Letty Brown who looked very strong in the first half against you know a bottom half defense in the Big Ten in Maryland and then only giving him six touches in the second half it doesn't really make much sense to me and again we've seen with the play calling from Coach Brown you know, on third and long situations, you know, if you're, if you know something about football, if you have like a good knowledge of football, you think, all right, third and long, you know, throw the ball. But, but coach Brown, you know, likes to run the ball for some reason. And you know what, that's fine. If you have a good offensive line, which West Virginia, you know, they have a, I'd say they have a pretty terrible offensive. Yeah. I would say it's better. I would say it's gotten considerably better from year one to year two to you to year three, excuse me. But like, you need like a very good offensive line, like five stars across the line. Um, that's something that West Virginia does not have. And as a result, it just did not work. And as good and as bad as Maryland's defense is, they still were able to, to beat West Virginia. And unfortunately it's a loss that, you know, they're going to, they're going to regret for the rest of the season because that's a game they should have won. Well, enough of college football. I love college football, but this is a, NFL podcast and my excitement's boiling. Obviously teams are going to let us down this year. Hopefully not like WVU did and it should have been a win, but hopefully your team goes out hard this weekend, plays well, wins a game they should win or loses a game they should lose because that's not that bad that way. But we're going to go through some sleepers, some overhyped teams, give some bold predictions, MVPs and Super Bowl pick and preview a little bit of week one as well. But let's start with our sleeper teams. Manny, who's your sleeper team? Okay. Um, well, with the recent news, I think we've all were pretty shocked to, to hear this past week. Uh, I went with the Patriots. Um, that they're a big sleeper for me. And I think, I think people are starting to now realize that like they could start to do something now that um, I think everybody's bought into Mac Jones at this point. I think the overall feeling going into preseason and everything was that there was going to be a competition and that Cam, if Cam did or improved a little bit, he was going to win that job, but he didn't, it didn't seem like he did anything differently or that he improved drastically like they wanted him to. And I, Mac just played solid in all the games he played. He, uh, he showed out, he had, he was, he had great accuracy on the ball, good decision-making, and he just seemed more comfortable with the, with the offense overall. And that's just on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they got other people like Hunter Henry, um, Johnny Smith, and other receivers like Nelson Aguilar to help Mac Jones. But on the defensive side of the ball, they got Matthew Judon, they got Kyle Van Noybeck, and some of the guys that opted out in uh, Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower, they're all coming back. So I think overall, this team's looking solid again. They were just missing that uh, that quarterback to like win them games because they lost a lot of one possession games because of bad decision making, like in, uh, like we saw Cam fumble or throw an interception. I think with Mac Jones, that possibility is eliminated now, and they can start winning those games that they could get them in like a good 
a higher up wild card spot. I don't think they get I don't think they get the division with uh, the Bills, but I think they'll definitely secure a wild card spot for sure. Do you think they'll be above the Dolphins, Manny? Uh, that's a good question. I think I'm going to go with, yeah, I think as a, I picked them as my sleeper team, I think they'll finish above the Dolphins just because that's crazy as it might sound to some people. I think I trust Mac Jones right now more than what I saw from Tua last year. Just, I don't know, it's just Tua didn't really convince me and a lot of other people that I've seen like on social media and stuff. He didn't, he didn't seem to convince a lot of people. He was subbed out a bunch of times for a, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think, and I think also the coaching, you can like Bill Belichick is just Bill Belichick. I think he'll have his team well-prepared more than, uh, more than the Dolphins will be. So I have more confidence in the Patriots. Speaking of Cam Newton, Mac Jones of the Patriots, Patrick, were were you shocked when that, that news broke or did you think it was expected? You saw it coming or were you thrown off guard? In all honesty, I feel like it was, it came a little sooner than I expected. I expected Cam Newton to go a couple games. Typically what we see from first-round picks, the veteran quarterback we saw last year with the Chargers, Tyrod Taylor. You know, as unfortunate as it was, we were going to see Tyrod Taylor play, you know, probably the first half of the season, go into the bye week, and then, you know what, Justin Herbert, hey, he's ready to play, and we throw him out there. I thought that was going to be the plan for the Patriots, but – you know, after looking at the preseason and seeing that first game against uh, against my Eagles in the preseason, I, I saw Mac Jones and I saw Cam Newton. I was like, you know what? Mac Jones is the guy. He is the guy for the Patriots. And going off of what Manny said with the Dolphins, I think it's a bit different because going into Tua's rookie season, you really didn't have that, like, that really good coaching scheme. Yes, Brian Flores is a good coach, and he's building something special down in Miami. But when you have Bill Belichick as your head coach, Josh McDaniels, who's been talked about as a head coaching candidate for pretty much 10, 15, 10 years of my life, I've heard Josh McDaniels is going to be a coach somewhere. So having that, co- having that coaching you know, pedigree in place for Mac Jones coming in, he's in a much better place and he has better, he has a better offense. He has more weapons on his offense, better offensive line. So I think Mac Jones coming in, he's going to be the best. He's going to have a much better rookie season than Tua as a result. And I think even as good as Tua is, I still think Mac Jones is going to be better as a quarterback uh, just because of the weapons he has around him in his rookie season and also, you know, Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Uh, So I'm not too shocked that Mac Jones ended up getting picked over Cam Newton. uh, But I guess I'm shocked that like it came so soon. I I am a, I'm shocked as well on your level. Thought it was obviously. I think most people thought it was going to happen. It seemed like the beat reporters have, have fallen in love with Jones in in New England. But before we move on to Patrick's sleeper team, rank your QBs in that division, Manny. Uh, okay. Uh, well, obviously, I think uh, Zach Wilson is uh, at the bottom just because like they have they have potential. I think I like what they're doing there with Robert Sala. Zach Wilson and uh, a bunch of other pieces they brought in, like uh, Corey Davis. I like what they're doing, but I think just because like they're still the, like the Jets and they're uh, they're not gonna do anything real special at like yet. Just like this season, at least for this season, they won't. So he'll be my four. I think Tua Tua will be my third again, just because like uh, like Patrick mentioned, um, Mac Jones is Mac Jones will be my second. Mac Jones is just in a better situation than Tua, and because of that. I'll have Mac above Tua and Josh Allen, I guess, will be my um, my first pick just because I guess he's the more talented out of all three of them. And the, the Bills are just the overall favorite in that division. And I think if you're sitting in that division, you have to be happy somewhat because it seems like each team has their quarterback for the future as of now. They think they do, mm-hmm. at least, which is which is pretty nice, to be honest. All right, Patrick, what is your sleeper team? I'm going to go with the team that I've steadily been have steadily loved since uh, Kevin Stefanski got there back two years ago. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, all of us have grown up in the 2000s, and all we've known from the Cleveland Browns is that they suck. They've never been good. They've always had issues. You know, 2000, they had Tim Couch, and they were good for a season. And since then, I mean, I can't even name the amount of quarterbacks they've gone through. I mean, you could say Brandon Weed, and you can see it. Uh, Johnny Manziel. There's so many quarterbacks there. Like, oh yeah, he was on the Browns. So honestly, coming into the Baker Mayfield era, the Kevin Stefanski era, the 
Andrew Barry era. It's a new Browns that we have not seen before. And I think over the seven, excuse me, Kevin Stefanski era, we've seen his teams get better and better each year. And I think as, and I think as a result with Baker Mayfield now, who's on his fourth head coach, I'm pretty sure in his time with the Browns, I think this team has a chance to compete for a Super Bowl. I think he, Baker finally has the offensive weapons back. He has Odell, who's, you know, coming over from a, from the Giants. That was a huge move that we didn't really, you know, Odell didn't really have the greatest ending in New York. And coming to Cleveland, you know, the, the Browns were still unproven. We didn't, we didn't see what they did last season. They were still unproven. We didn't know what we were going to get out of them. Uh, and, you know, coming – and now he's kind of struggled with injuries over the last season. But when he's healthy – I mean, he's a top 15 wide receiver. And then add in his former LSU uh, teammate, Jarvis Landry, who's had a pretty consistently good career. I wouldn't say he's he's always been like star level, like Julio Jones or any like along that level. But he's been a consistently good wide receiver and he's produced. And the biggest thing is he's a leader on that team. And we saw hard, hard knocks a couple of years ago with Jarvis Landry. And I mean, you could as soon as you saw the first episode, you knew. Landry was a was a leader in that team and that's not to discredit Odell I mean Odell's Odell we all know who he is but Jarvis Landry has been consistently good and he's been consistently a leader in that locker room for the Browns and I think going to that the biggest thing for me this season is that retooled defense I mean they went out in free agency and you know my hat's off to Andrew Barry I mean he's been one of the best young executives in the entire in the entire NFL I mean you put him up with put him up there with Chris Ballard of the Colts and Brett Beach, the Chiefs, I mean, he's been solidly good at finding players and signing signing free agents um, that maybe like some play, that some teams, they're like, oh, wow, that the Browns signed him? Like, that's interesting. Um, and I think that defense, you know, that finished 25th in the in the league last year in total defense, they, they were like, you know what, we got to do something better because this offense is good. We have the talent. I mean, the offensive line is incredible. The running backs, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I mean, that's the best running back duo. Uh, and then, you know, that wide receiving core is a little iffy, you know, Odell and Jarvis obviously are there. Uh, Richard Higgins is a good third, is a good third wide receiver. Uh, and then adding Anthony Schwartz, who's the speedster uh, in the draft last in the um, draft back in April. So they have a good wide receiving core, but still unproven. So that's the only weak point in that offense, but that defense, you know, that could be, that could be the strong point for uh, the Browns this season, you know, still bringing back Miles Garrett, who's far and away the team's defensive star. He's going to get a majority of the coverage from a lot of teams that are going to be trying to double or even triple team them because he's just that good of a player, but adding in also, you know, Sheldon Richardson was a cap casualty last season, uh, but they could be looking to bring him back. Who's been consistently good, uh, he's, you know, he hasn't performed up to the expectations that many people thought he was going to perform to when he got drafted. Uh, but he could be coming back at a lesser salary. And then you add in JD Avion Clowney, who, you know, growing up, growing up, we all knew first overall pick goes to the Texans. I mean, really hasn't like, you know, as a number one pick, has he performed up to his expectations? No, I don't think anybody really believes that. Yes. Has he been a cert- He's been a consistently decent like, you know, defensive lineman, I'd agree with that. Spent last season with the Titans and unfortunately couldn't really play many games with them. Texans, he was pretty good, but, you know, coming coming to the Browns, he's still 28. So in the prime of his career, we could be looking at a comeback with the Browns. And then you added to Karis uh, McKinley from the Falcons as well, who, again, another first round D lineman who hasn't exactly performed up to the expectations that, you know, you would think of a first round D lineman. Uh, he could be looking for a comeback in his career. He's a, a little bit younger than... Uh, Jay Avion had only 25, 26, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so still, you know, just getting into the prime of his career. So both of those D linemen could be looking at a potential comeback. Uh, and the big, and the biggest part of that defense is going to be that secondary. They are going to be very, if everything works out for them, they could be, you know, a top three, top five secondary in the entire NFL. I mean, you start at the safeties, Grant Delpit, who's the 20, who is the first overall or first pick for the Browns in last season's draft. Uh, missed last season with an injury, um, which is unfortunate because he was a great, he was an incredible talent coming out of LSU. Uh, and, you know, it was tough not seeing him play, but him coming back this season, uh, you know, they have a lot of good talent. Greedy Williams as well. Second, he was the first overall pick in uh, the 2019 draft by the Browns, the first draft with Stefanski and Barry. Uh, we saw him play very well in his rookie season in 2019, was out all of last season. So, you know, coming to his sophomore year, it's a big year for him. 
uh, with his contract and coming up in a couple of years. So it's a big year for him. And I expect him to play as well as he did at LSU. There's a lot of good talent on this Browns team. You also add in Jeremiah, Jeremiah, excuse me. It's a long name. We all thought he was going to be, yeah, it's a mouthful. No question about that. But we all thought going into this draft, I mean, we saw it on McShay and, and Kuiper's big board. We saw him going to the first round. Honestly, I mean, Hey, I would have taken him. I mean, if the Eagles were smart about, it, I think I think they should have taken him at, with that second pick in the first round. But he's a very good talent coming out of Notre Dame. A lot of people had him going in the first round for whatever reason he dropped. Uh, and I honestly can't remember. I don't even I don't even know if there was a reason why he dropped so far. But I think when he dropped to the Browns, I mean, you know, you can't pass up a talent like that. So again, that linebacking core, they ha- they've been steadily building that core through the draft and through free agency. So again, this Browns team, if everything goes well, Stefanski continues how he did coaching in his first year, getting, you know, NFL coach of the year. I mean, all the pieces are in place for the Browns to make a, a legitimate Super Bowl contention. And I think they have all the pieces in place looking at the less of the AFC. I mean, obviously you have the chiefs they've been in the last two Super Bowls one, two years ago, you know, they got blown out in the in last season Super Bowl, but they still, I mean, they still return pretty much all the talent from that team minus one or two players. I think the Chiefs are in there, you know, the Steelers, it's going to be tough just because their offense, uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's kind of confusing. I don't know what they're going to do with Juju or Chase Claypool, uh, Deontay Johnson, Ben Roethlisberger. Also, I mean, this could be his last, last season as well. We really don't know what we're going to get out of the Steelers and, you know, the AFC minus, I mean, past the Chiefs, maybe even if you want to add the Ravens in, but I mean, that offense just look, still looks so shaky. The Browns could easily make a run at this, at the Super Bowl, add in the Bills as well. So there's really three, four, five teams that I could potentially see from the AFC making a Super Bowl contention. And I'd add, I'd add in the Browns as a team that maybe, you know, hasn't gotten the recognition that, you know, the Chiefs have gotten or the Buccaneers have gotten or any other team you know, that's competing for Super Bowl. I don't think the Browns have gotten the respect that they deserve. And I think they're going to prove a lot of people wrong this season. I do like them more than I believe it was two years ago where I would call them overhyped and they've been quiet this off season, which is nice because I think sometimes those, those teams that have been quiet every once in a while generally come out storming hot. My sleeper team is in the AFC as well. Got the Los Angeles chargers and I don't know if you guys know this, but Justin Herbert's a pretty good football player. I think he's mm-hmm. he's pretty darn great. Um, but this offseason, upgraded the offensive line. That's big. Justin Herbert was pressured the second most of any QB last season, right behind Russell Wilson. He was hit the most of any pass while throwing the ball last season, but still put up phenomenal numbers for a, a rookie QB. And – what to me is crazy is he had the best NFL passer rating last year under pressure, which just shows his composure overall. And I just think this year he's going to blossom even more. I think it's going to take some time. There'll be some rough edges and they're in a, he's in a difficult division. You've got the chiefs obviously, and you've got the Broncos, which I think has a pretty darn good defense and could carry them with Bridgewater doing well. But I think there's a sleeper team that can make the playoffs and be in a wild card position. I think there's a potential, depending on how hot they start, for there to be conversation around can they catch the Chiefs. Don't see that happening by any means, but I think they will be in the wild card discussion throughout the year. The defense will be good enough. They're not going to be a great defense, but it'll be good enough. The pass rush should be good enough. And I think it's uh, going to be another great and fun year for Justin Herbert overall. But let's move on to our overhyped teams overall. Who's an overhyped team for you? Manny? Uh, for me, I, I had a little bit of a – I was just thinking about it. I had a couple teams that I could have included in here. Uh, Patrick mentioned one of them before, but I'm going to go with the uh, – I'm going to go with the Titans. With the Titans. It was between them or the Ravens, but uh, I just went with the Titans because uh, I think – I agree with the overall sentiment of everybody that obviously has seen the moves that they've made. Uh, Julio – adding Julio Jones to that team is – Obviously, the biggest move is going to get the biggest headlines. And I think Julio is like Julio. You can't deny that he's been a top three wide receiver this whole time that he's been in the league. Since I can remember, he's uh, he's arguably been the best um, for like the last decade. But I think if you look over the past two years, I think 
I think it, there, it was like since 2010, he hasn't scored like at least double digit touchdowns. He's been at like eight, seven, six, and he missed, and he hasn't played a full season in like the last two to three seasons. So I think obviously he's going to bring something different. I think overall he's going to help AJ Brown uh, more than he's going to improve like his own stats, if that makes any sense. I think uh, more teams will focus on, in on him and it'll just make AJ Brown um, show out even more. But um, other than that, um, that does help their offense. But other than that, I don't, I didn't see them make any other big moves that like really impressed me or would help their team. I think um, more importantly, like, uh, like on defense, um, they were, I think the worst defense on third down. So like getting off the field on third down, they would just allow conversions. It's, it seemed on almost like every third down opportunity, they just couldn't get off the field and they didn't really do anything special um, through the draft or, um, in free agency, yeah, they signed um, Bud Dupree, which will help him a little bit, um, even though I think he showed out more because he played with T.J. Watt, more teams focused in on him. I don't think he could really do it as, like, the sole pass rusher for the uh, Tennessee Titans, which is what I think they need to, to do something to get off the field on third downs. But uh, through the draft, I think they also got uh, Caleb Farley and Elijah Molden as their two um, defensive backs, but um, they'll probably end up starting for this team um, and just having trust in two rookie cornerbacks to just come in and really shut down all opposing wide receivers and like really depend on them to get off the field just doesn't sit well with me. And I don't think it's something that uh, that you could really depend on. So I think their overall weakness, their biggest weakness wasn't addressed and it still remains their biggest weakness. So I don't think they're as, um, they're as well equipped um, as other teams that we've seen, like Patrick mentioned, the Browns, the Chargers you mentioned too before, Connor. Um, I don't think they're at that level yet where other um, like beat writers and other media influencers have said, um, have put them at the top there into the AFC, AFC contention. I don't think they're there just yet just because they didn't really fix their biggest weakness this offseason. What about their division specifically? Because I think that's a pretty weak division, Manny. Uh, and the Colts seem like they're struggling with injuries already, some COVID issues. Um, I believe there's some, I believe there's players like Darius Leonard that aren't vaccinated. And obviously that can affect you with how the rules are in the NFL currently around vaccination process and testing and whatnot. Uh, but do you, do you still think they could win that division or be very close with the Colts? Or do you think they're, they're going to take that big of a step back? Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, like the division, uh, I think the division's there just because of um, all the all the stuff that you mentioned there. At worst, the Colts will make it um, close with them. But I think like in that division, just like with those three other teams, I think they're clearly the overall favorite. And I would have them taking that division. I think it's just like the amount of attention that they're getting with uh, Derrick Henry and Julio Jones and just that offense. I think the attention they're getting is like, it kind of makes them seem like uh, people are putting them up in that uh, Super Bowl contention, or at least like around or like like a bubble team. I don't really see that just because like once you get into the playoffs, it's more about like um, the defense that you have stopping the other teams, um, all great players and star players. Like you're going to be going up against Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, and even um, all the players on the Browns that Patrick mentioned before. If you can't get them off the field, it's going to be a shootout. And I, eventually someone's going to make a stop. And if your defense can't do that, then uh, you're just going to end up going home. So I think that's the real only like issue I see that they're not really up there with the top three teams that in the AFC that really can, are contending for a Super Bowl. I would agree with you, Manny. I think they're definitely a, a step down from the top, but I think with their division this year up in the air, they could still make the playoffs. Who's your overripe team, Patrick? My overhyped. So I'm going to first go with the, I'm going to um, go off of what Manny said. I think the Titans honestly might take a step forward instead of taking a step back. I'm going to disagree with you on that just because adding Julio, you know, AJ Brown has been, has been a very good target coming out of Ole Miss a couple of years ago. And we see Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we all saw him a couple of years ago with the Dolphins when he first got drafted. I mean, he looked awful. Like he just looked like he was going to be a journeyman for the rest of his career. And then going to the Titans, I mean, he, he's played in 
incredibly good for a quarterback who a couple of years ago we thought was just going to be out of the league in a couple of years. So him coming having, having this really rebirth to his career has played incredibly well. Derrick Henry, I mean, we know exactly what we're going to get from Derrick Henry. But the biggest reason they added Julio in that offseason is not to make is to make that team not one-dimensional anymore because you knew what you were going to get out of the Titans. You knew they were going to run the ball down your throat, you know, 20, 30 times a game. But the thing is, teams adjusted to that having seven, eight players in the box, and they were able to stop the Titans. And that, unfortunately, that was their that was their Achilles heel last season. So adding Julio is going to make that team, you know, make that pass attack, you know, more dangerous. Uh, I think Derrick Henry's still a very good running back. They're going to lean on him. But adding Julio and having A.J. Brown come back for another season, more experienced, uh, probably a bit stronger and a bit more knowledgeable about the game. I feel like the Titans are going to take full, take a – Step forward. I don't think they're at the level at the Chiefs, the Browns, like the like you guys talked about. But I still think they're going to be. You know, I wouldn't say that. I mean, they could easily be a dark horse if you really, if you really want to throw it out there. They might be a dark horse if everything goes well for them. But the biggest concern for me is that defense. I just don't. I don't know how they're going to be able to hold up. Like Manny talked about, they're. It's going to be tough for them to. I guess go, I mean, go into these shootouts with teams like the Browns, like the Chiefs, who have really good defenses. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't think the, the Titans really have that. And they mean to, you know, if they can't do it this season, they need to invest going forward in that in that defense with the draft and the free agency. But I think my overhyped team for this season, we're going to stick to the AFC. I think we're just going straight to AFC this, this episode, is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I know the Steelers, yeah. we've – you know, for a couple of years now, we think the Steelers, you know what, they're going to be good. It's Roethlisberger, it's Juju, it's Chase Claypool, it's Deontay Johnson. It's that stellar defense, but I don't think it's there anymore. I think we saw that last season. Juju, you know what? Hey, all props to him. The man's built his brand in the NFL and he's built, he's built a fan base and he's done this and that. And he's, you know, he's built it, but I feel like that, like that Hollywood aspect that we've seen some players, Unfortunately, they're, I mean, they just, they get, their heads get too big, too fast, and they just become, they want to be in Hollywood all the time. They want to act like they're Hollywood, all this, all that. And I think that's gotten the juju. And we saw it last season with his TikTok dances. It was, I mean, hey, I, like, if you want to do that, all power to you. But at the same time, like, you know, that affects your team, that affects your team, the morale on the team. And when you're losing games and you're making yourself a target against these teams, it's going to piss them off. And it's going to make them want to, you know, just destroy you guys. And we saw that against the Steelers. They had the weakest schedule. I mean, yeah, they went, what, 12 and four last season, 11 and five. They're, I mean, they should, half of those games were, I mean, they're against, like, I mean, to put it lightly, bad teams, teams they, you know, easy wins for them. So I think the Steelers going into the season, you know, they lose Bud Dupree. Yeah, TJ Watt's still there. And he's a top five, top five, top 10 defensive player. I think the Steelers team is overhyped. And I think a lot of other people are starting to believe that as well, just with Juju, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from him. Is he, is he going to be the Hollywood player we saw last season? Or is he going to be the player that we saw his rookie season in his second season in the NFL, where he was, you know, an incredible talent. Chase Claypool, you know, had a pretty good rookie season, uh, but coming off, I mean, going into his second year in the league, it's going to be, you know, a question of who is he going to be? Is he going to step up and be that number one wide receiver that the Steelers have kind of lacked in the last couple of seasons? Uh, or is it going to be Deontay Johnson? who's kind of flown under the radar as a, like a wide receiver three in a lot of fantasy leagues or even a flex. Uh, and we don't really know what we're going to get from him. Is he going to improve his production from last season? Uh, we don't really know. Uh, and to put it frankly, I don't know if this defense is going to be able to hold up. And, you know, the biggest key of all this is Ben Roethlisberger. Do I think he should have retired? Yes. I honestly think he should have retired a year or two ago. I don't know why he's still in the NFL. If I'm going to be completely honest, the Steelers need to look there. I thoroughly believe they need to look at a quarterback in next year's draft in that first round, because this is Ben Rathlow. I think this is Ben's last season in the NFL. I can't see him going more than maybe, maybe next season. He comes back for a swan season, but you know, with the way he's played these last couple of seasons, I can't imagine he's having too much fun in the NFL anymore. And I think as a result, he might, you know, this might be his last season. I don't know if he's announced it yet. I probably have to check that. But 
you know, he's, yeah, was he good 10 years ago, 12, 15 years ago when they were in the Super Bowl with the Cardinals? Yeah, he was a very good quarterback and a very good fantasy quarterback as well. But the last couple of seasons, unfortunately, his production has declined. He's gotten older. He's, his durability has gone down. So I think for my for this season, my, the Steelers are going to be my most overhyped team just because, you know, the Steelers have always been in the conversation, but I don't think they have the talent that they once did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Now, Manny, do you have anything to say that being our resident Steelers fan? Yeah, I mean, everything Patrick just said is everything that I've been worried about going into this season. I think, I think, yeah, last year, I expected us to win all those games just because, like Patrick said, we had, like, the easiest schedule. So I expected us to, when that schedule came out, I couldn't see a game that we would have lost until, like, the last half that we did when we actually played good teams, good defenses. We struggled just because our offense just wasn't there anymore. But I think going into this season, I think it's just like the biggest question mark is still Ben Roethlisberger. If he can, if he can play at a decent level or to half of the level that he used to play, like um, the last time we were in the Super Bowl, I think this team will be would challenge definitely for a playoff spot. But I think other than Ben Roethlisberger, it's just that it's just uh, it just comes down to that old line that we had. Last year was just like atrocious. We couldn't run the ball at all. We were probably last in yards and uh, and just overall production from the running back spot. Uh, we did address it a little bit during during the draft. We got Najee Harris, but again, it's just how good can your running back be if your old line is just not as good. Um, but saying that, I, I think the uh, the Najee draft pick was a was a good choice because, like I just said before, like you need a good offensive line, but also. I think having that star running back will uh, will definitely help Ben out more than more than anybody else, just because he could dump it off to him, not have to throw it down the down the field like he did like about like forty times a game last year, and uh, it'll just take the pressure off of him. And just going to the defense, I think we did lose Bud Dupree, and uh, there were some pieces like T.J. Watt. Teacher, what's the staple of that defense? But he hasn't signed that contract extension, so his status for week one is still up in the air. I think it'll get done, but I think we've relied on that defense a little bit too much over these last few seasons just to like get us over the hump. So I think now with all the weapons that they've got Ben this year with Najee and uh, the tight end at Penn State, Friermuth, I think now they're really looking to Ben to see if he still has it. I think this year's the year that they'll be that this year they'll definitely determine if uh, they'll need to look at a quarterback going forward in the draft or if they really believe that Ben has one more year in it. So they have a tougher schedule this year, so it'll be a good good test for them to prove a lot of people wrong, possibly, if everything goes right. My overhyped team is the Los Angeles Rams. So we'll give some, some love to the NFC side. Now, I believe the Rams are going to be good. I think they can win their division. They'll play well. But there's been currently a love fest going on with Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford. And it's it's gone a little out of control because we haven't even seen them play. Yeah, which is which is crazy. I think we just got to temper our expectations a tiny bit. Don't freak out. Don't assume they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, I know we saw a QB do it last year and Tom Brady and go to a new team and win the Super Bowl. But that's going to rarely happen. I don't think that's going to become some normal trend in the NFL as we as we see it now. But my, my biggest thing is how good are his weapons? I know they're better than what he's seen somewhat in the Lions. Definitely better than what the Lions have right now. But I think Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones aren't that bad. I think Cooper Cup, uh, Reynolds, and the running backs they have in Los Angeles right now aren't that great. I know it's it's going to be a struggle. I think we're going to have to pass a lot, and I think McVay's happy about that. And I get it. Golf sucks. We're, we all know this, and we're going to see it this year. Golf is on a bad team, and he's going to show a lot of flaws. And I think as time progresses, well, I'll be like, how did McVay take Golf to the Super Bowl that one year? But a big thing for me is that I think we just got to see it, and I think we need to calm down a little bit. The lack of run game is going to be huge. And on the on that defense, I mean, they lost their defensive coordinator to Brandon Staley left. They lost John Johnson, Troy Hill, Michael Brockers. I think that's going to be a big deal. I get when Ramsey and Aaron Donald are on the field, 
they're going to make a defense great no matter what. Those are X factor players and they're they're game changing level players. They're arguably the best. Well, Donald's the best at his position. Ramsey's arguably the best at his position. I think we we see a better team and we see a team that makes the playoffs and is a contender. But I think we got to calm down. We can't assume they're winning the Super Bowl. So that's my issue with them. I think people are assuming they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think that's a little crazy at this time. But let's jump into some bold predictions, guys. What are some bold predictions you guys have? Uh, I'll start it. Yeah, just because uh, I've been going. Um, I think I thought it was a bold prediction at the time I made it. Um, it might not be for some people, but I think the the way I see it playing out or the way it's been playing out the last couple seasons or from what I've seen, I think my bold prediction is that the Seahawks will, the Seahawks will make the playoffs this year. Um, just um, it might not be that bold for, for some, but I think it's just because Every, every time we made it to postseason time, we kind of assumed that the, the Seahawks were just going to be in there. Like, they were always just like a staple team that were just – that you could assume that they were going to be in the playoffs, mostly because their, uh, their division, um, like, early on, like, probably six, seven years ago, was not that great. But now it's probably the best division in football. And that's a big reason why I have, I've made this prediction, just because you got the Cardinals. The Cardinals – could arguably the worst, be the worst team in that division, but they're a very well, well um, equipped team with Kyler Murray, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. They got James Conner in the off season, JJ Watt. They still got Chandler Jones there. Um, they're, and their defense is improving. I think they got a good young defense with uh, Isaiah Simmons being, uh, I think coming into more of a leader role in that, in that linebacking group. But uh, they're there. You got them in there. The Rams, like you mentioned before, um, Connor and you also have them the Seahawks and they just got the 49ers who are I think in my opinion the the favorite I think going into um, into this season to win that division and you've got three four teams arguably in that division that could make that could take a playoff spot so and also I think just from what I've seen this last year their defense has not been like comparing it to like what they used to be with that with the Legion of Boom and Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, it's far from that. I think they didn't really do anything to through the draft or in the offseason to address that defense. Instead, they lost a few key pieces. They lost KJ Wright a few days ago or last week to the Raiders. They uh they lost their starting cornerback. Um, it's either Shaquem or Shaquille Griffin to the Jaguars, and they lost their defensive tackle. Jaron Reed to the uh, to the Chiefs. So, if you already had a strongly defense and lost three of three of your like your best one of your best players, I think you're only just gonna get worse. And you didn't improve at all. And the and on the offensive side of the ball, yeah, they got DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and obviously Russell Wilson will always give you a chance. But we saw it last year when they depended on him too much. It's like it gets to a point where you're you have to expect at least something from your defense to give you something to at least stop the other team for a drive and not just let Russell Wilson throw the ball and save you in countless games. I think the biggest game we saw like example of that was uh, against the bills where Russell had just like, he just struggled the whole game. He threw um, like two, two interceptions in the red zone and the Seahawks just got blown out from a far superior bills team. So I think we've got, we, the general idea has been that the Seahawks just make the playoffs just because like they're a solid team. Yeah, they'll get it done. But I think over the last few, like three years, I think they've just regressed more and more. And I think right now they're at their worst possible starting point to start the season. And I just don't see them with the level of competition I mentioned in their division, not even to mention the whole NFC conference with the Bucks, the Packers, even the Saints, um, even the Panthers too, they got better. Um, I just don't think, there will be enough. There's not enough spots in the in the playoffs for them to just squeeze in there again, like the like they had in the past. So I think they'll miss out this year, and they'll have to really look for next year and through the draft at least uh, next year to really rebuild this team, starting with the with that defense. Definitely going to be a difficult division. I think. Well, we talked about it on sports page last week. You know, there's four of us. We all had a different layout of the NFC West. So I think the answer to the NFC West is no one really knows what's going to happen. It's going to be a competitive year there and pretty much I think anything could happen. So I think 
pretty much anyone could win it. Anyone can lose it. You never really know. Probably a lot of it's going to come down to just some injury luck. Patrick, bold prediction. Bold prediction for this season. Connor, you're going to like this. I think the pa- I think the Packers are a top two seed in the NFC this season. I think Aaron Rodgers, it's his last – I think it's his last season in the NFL. As sad as that is, he's been – you know, again, we've grown up with Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, all these great quarterbacks who, you know, in the next couple of seasons, we'll probably see them retire, unfortunately. And I think this is Rodgers either last season or his second to last season. Uh, maybe that's with the Packers as a whole because – you know, Jordan Love, we saw that a couple years ago. He's probably – he's the starter of the future for the Packers, and they're just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to say, like, you know, like, you know what, this is it. And I think, you know, this might be his last season with the Packers, and maybe he does one or two more seasons with another random team. Uh, but I think the Packers kind of surprised everyone this season. Uh, they're still a very good – they're still a very good team. Devontae Adams is a top five wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers, you know, when he's healthy, I mean – He's one of the better quarterbacks in the entire NFL, top 10, top five. If you want to, I mean, top 10, maybe top five, if you really want to stretch it. Um, but he's still a very good quarterback. Uh, there's no denying that. It's just the health, the durability. And at the end of the day, it's the energy and the motivation because he, I mean, he, we saw it all play out last season. Uh, we didn't know if he was going to get traded. We saw him, you know, potentially getting talked about getting traded to the Broncos, a uh, bunch of different teams. Broncos were looking like the favorite at one point to get them. And, you know, I still think the Packers, they're still a good team. That defense, you, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from them exactly. Uh, they're kind of, you know, maybe they turn out really well. Maybe they don't. Uh, but I still think the Packers are a good team overall. That defense is going to be a bit iffy in that offense. I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get from them. Uh, so I think for this season, the Packers are going to be a top two, top three seed in the NFC potentially compete in that NFC championship game. All right. I have some, I have a couple bold predictions. I'm not going to go in depth on them because of time. And I'll just, I'll just say them, but I want to hear a, a quick thought from each of you. If you think there's any chances happen now, now they're bold, they're out there. So, so I guess prepare yourselves in a way. All right. Number one, I got, I got Ravens miss the playoffs. Any chance? I think there's a I think there's a chance that that happens just because I had them before in my uh, overhyped team. It was either them or the Titans. I, just the injuries. They've just been unlucky with the injuries. I think almost all the receivers are have something like a nagging injury, and they just lost J.K. Dobbins. So it's unfortunate for them, but I think it it could happen just because of the unlucky unluckiness of it all. A hundred percent. I feel I I'd actually I'd agree with that, and I think they are going to miss the playoffs because of their injuries. They've just Unfortunately, they've caught the injury bug hard this season with J.K. Dobbins. Uh, and, you know, Gus Edwards is a good running back, but it's just tough. I mean, it's just a tough break for them. And I think, you know, I'm going to go with Connor and say that they missed the playoffs this season. Saints win the NFC South. Any chance? I don't see that one just because the Bucks And, uh, I mean, I have confidence in Jameis. I like what I saw from him in the preseason. But it's just like, I don't think the talent on each team is just hard for them. They'll, they'll come second, I bet. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going dis- to disagree on that one. I'm saying the Bucs won that division again. I think they're just too stacked of a team, too much defense on that offense and that defense as well. Uh, and I think the Bucs win it. Now, the biggest thing is going to be who wins that second spot in the NFC South. Is it going to be the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey coming back from that injury last season? Uh, kind of ho- hopefully 100% healthy, you know, what's, what is he going to do coming back from that injury last season? And then obviously Sam Darnold coming to the Panthers, coming from the Jets where, you know, unfortunately he just got dealt a bad team getting drafted coming into this league. So going to the Panthers who are kind of on the up and coming, I'd say, you know, Robbie Anderson still really is still a really underrated wide receiver in my opinion Christian McCaffrey you know we'll see what we get from him in that offensive line is pretty good that defense as well is steadily building as well and going to the top Matt Rule is a good is a good head coach I think the biggest is going to be a fight for that second spot in the NFC South but I don't think the Saints win it just because I'm not a huge I'm not huge on Jameis I mean he's you look good in that and he looked good in the preseason but I mean, when you have Tom Brady, Gronkowski, I mean, you just list off the names on that Bucks team. I think the Bucs take it again. Andy Dalton? 
is traded to the Giants. I mean, it's just like one of those where it's just like, like it wouldn't surprise me if it happened. Like, I mean, he's he has been named the starter. I don't, I, I think it should have been Justin Fields, but uh, he'll I think he'll take he'll take over that job sooner rather than later. And I think they'll be I think they will be in a position to trade him somewhere. But I don't think it'll happen just because how many teams really need Andy Darn as a as like a quarterback that they can actually use on their team. Sure, the Giants have Daniel Jones. He hasn't proven anything really uh, in that weak division too. But um, I don't think he'll get. I don't think he'll end up getting traded. But I think he will lose that job to Justin Fields earlier in the season, earlier than most people think. Yeah, I don't know exactly if he's going to get traded. Maybe the market opens up where there's a couple of injuries to backup quarterbacks or to quarterbacks throughout the NFL. And, you know, Andy Dalton, you know, it's been tough kind of, you know, what we're going to see from Andy Dalton. So he's a decent quarterback, but I wouldn't say he's like, you know, I'd say maybe top 15, top 20 is a good, you know, is a good top for him. But you know, Justin Fields, yes, should he have gotten the starting job? 100%, no question about that. But I think it's going to be kind of like what I talked about earlier, uh, you know, again, with Mac Jones and Cam Newton, where I think Andy Dalton starts the first couple of games of the season, maybe goes to to their bye week, uh, or maybe like week eight, week, week seven, depending on how he's playing. And then, you know, by that point, Justin Fields has probably gotten some throwaway minutes or whatever. You're like, you know what? turn the keys over to him and it's the Justin Fields show. So I think that is going to happen. I think they'll keep Andy just as a backup, just in case, you know, for whatever reason, kind of like a Tua and Fitzmagic, Fitzmagic situation where, you know, we don't know Tua might not be playing play great. So they put in Fitzpatrick or Fitzpatrick might not be playing great. So they put in Tua. I think that maybe, you know, Fields is a better quarter, is a much better quarterback than Tua in my opinion. But I still think they keep Andy Dalton around just in case, you know, Fields is like struggling getting adjusted to the pace of the NFL. All right. One more for you, Manny. And then one more for you, Patrick. Manny lions cut trade or wave Jared Goff and sign Cam Newton. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. I think it's weird. I, I don't know. That's a tough one just because of the trade that they got. I think, well, I mean the Rams, the, there's more pressure on the Rams for them to, that situation work out I think the Lions I think the Lions know that they won't do anything special but I think with the way Jared Goff has been playing he hasn't been playing to the level by any means that where he was drafted um he hasn't been playing to that standard by any means but I think if you're gonna like cut trade or um do something with Jared Goff I don't think if you're the Lions I don't think that would be the right move just because it just adds another problem that you need to fix in the offseason. Yeah, sure, Jared Goff is not going to win you the Super Bowl uh, anytime soon, but he is at least a low-end starter for you. And if you can keep him around and build the rest of your team to where you have, you think you have a good shot at like at least competing, at least in that division, um, it just leaves you without having to fix like another problem and fix finding a good quarterback to compete in that uh, very competitive NFC North, it's just going to be extremely hard. It's, it's very rare that you find a great quarterback uh, through the draft or, or anywhere trade for one. But uh, yeah, I don't think they'll do that just because it's not in their best interest to give themselves another problem to, to try and fix. All right. Last one for you, Patrick. Antonio Brown is the best receiver in Tampa Bay this year. That's a good one. It's tough because you know, you have Antonio Brown, who's a good wide receiver a couple of years ago. Now he's had a couple of, um, actually not a couple. He's had a lot of run-ins uh, with the police and just his character has been a bit iffy. Let's just say that since he uh, left the Steelers a couple of seasons ago, at least three years ago, four years ago, maybe at this point, it's, it's been a while. But then you also add in Mike Evans, who's still a very good wide receiver, I'd say, you know, I wouldn't say he's underrated, but I don't feel like people talk about him enough as a consistently good wide receiver, top 10, top 15 uh, in the NFL. So I think Mike Evans could potentially take that spot as the number one wide receiver. But, you know, if we saw Antonio Brown play like he did, you know, for the Steelers a couple of seasons ago when he was just, I mean, lighting up the school board and the stat sheet. Yeah, I'd say 100 percent he's going to be that number one wide receiver, but 
if he plays like he did last season or any of the last couple of seasons for the Raiders, the Patriots, I don't even know who else he's played for at this point. He's been on so many teams. I think if he plays like this, like he did on the Steelers uh, in those first couple of seasons, yeah, he'd be a number one wide receiver. But if he continues those character issues and kind of and kind of showboats, I think Mike Evans is going to take that number one spot just because I think he's been on the Bucks, he's been around that team for so long, and he's become a leader on that team, especially his last season as Brady come in and Gronkowski came in. I still think Mike Evans is a leader on that team, and I think he will take that number one spot. All right, let's move on to our, our MVP and then our Super Bowl picks. We'll keep them short of, sort of short because of time. My MVP is Josh Allen, I think is my prediction thus far. Voters like to fall in love with someone new. I know we kind of fell in love with Josh Allen last year, but I think he'll take another step up. I mean, that team's got consistency, and that's huge. He's dealing with the same offensive corners, same head coaches. Now, I had a lot of turnover. This team is returning 21 of their starters this year. Huge consistency across the board. And I expect big numbers again. He's going to come out strong. He looked good in the preseason. I know it's a preseason. Last year we learned, hey, the preseason doesn't really matter, to be honest. But we're overreacting to it again this year, like we will every year. But I think he's going to win MVP or be very close again. What about you guys? Who's your all's picks? Uh, yeah, I, I also went with Josh Allen. Um, I think last year, I think he threw like 37 touchdowns and like 10 interceptions. It was good. He kind of was heating up towards the end of the season where he was just going where that Bills team just seemed like they were the overall uh, number one contender to the Chiefs. And some people thought they might actually beat the Chiefs just because of the way Josh Allen was playing. But uh, I think this year, like, like you said, kind of, I think he'll take another step up. There were, he showed, he showed flashes of it last year when he had a couple games where he threw like, over 400 yards or something and like four touchdowns in like a couple games. But I think there was also games where there were games where he had like no touchdowns. So I think he eliminates those, uh, those kind of like bleak games, those, uh, those rare games that he doesn't throw any touchdowns. And I think he just, uh, there's a more steady pace to him. He could, he could average at least three touchdowns uh, per game this season. And I think if he does that and uh, keeps the uh, turnovers, limited like he has to 10 or even fewer than that I think um, this will definitely be his his award to take uh, coming towards the end of the season yeah you know what I think Josh Allen yes I do think he is a very viable candidate for that MVP spot but I don't think it's I don't think it's Allen I don't think it's Brady I don't think it's Rodgers I had to it's going to be a tough decision for me I was thinking either Justin Herbert or Baker Mayfield but I'm going to stick with my sleeper pick. Now I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, you know, coming into his fourth season now in the, in the NFL under his fourth head coach. But, you know, this head coach is here to stay. Kevin Stefanski has quickly become one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, a hotly sought after. Pro I mean, when he got hired two years ago, two, three years ago, you know, people knew of him and he was a good, he was a good offensive coordinator with the Vikings for a long time, but he rightly deserved it. He's built his way up through the NFL uh, with, from the Eagles to the Vikings and has built his way up through the Vikings the right way. And when he finally got hired by the Browns, everyone knew, you know what? He deserves it. He's ready. And we've seen that over the last two seasons, him and Andrew Barry, who I still think, I mean, he, if all goes well, Barry could win executive of the year as well. If I'm going to be completely honest, because they've turned the culture of that team around so much and they built a team around their star franchise quarterback. And that's Baker Mayfield. Now I think there are a couple pieces that kind of do have to fit in a place. I think the biggest thing is, you know, who are we going to see of Odell and Jarvis Landry? When Odell and Jarvis Landry are healthy, I think the Browns might win the Super Bowl. That's a, I mean, it's a very real possibility that we see the Brown, this Cleaver Browns team in the Super Bowl this season. Now there are some, I mean, we have seen Odell struggle with his durability and hasn't been, you know, the same web gem making highlight, highlight producing wide receiver that we saw Odell be in New York uh, with the Browns. We've seen struggle with durability. So I think if he's healthy, I think he's another target for this Browns offense. And then you add in Kareem Hunt, you add in Nick Chubb, you Austin, you add in that three-headed monster at, at tight end with Austin Hooper, David Njoku, uh, you know, it's still, it's a very good, it's a very good offense. Uh, Harrison Bryant is that other tight end for the Browns. They have a good offensive line too. Uh, Jedrick Willis was their first round pick last season. I think there are so many good 
pieces for this Browns team. I think they finally built a championship contender. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to capitalize on that. And I think he's going to lead this Browns team. You know, we'll talk about it in a minute. I think he go. I think the Browns go to the Super Bowl. I'm going to be completely honest. I think the Chiefs, I don't know. I just, it, it, it just seems too good to be true for the Chiefs. And I think the Browns, you think they have all the pieces in place finally for this team to go, if not this season, you know, we could see them next season. But I still think they're a championship contender this season. Uh, so I'm going to say Baker Mayfield takes my MVP just because he capitalizes off of that healthy, that hopefully healthy offense of the Browns and that defense of the Browns is going to be incredible. So I say Baker Mayfield, it's going to be my MVP for the season. I think you're crazy, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes. There's always weird things that happen in the NFL they don't see coming. But let's move on to our Super Bowl. I got Packers versus Bills. And I'll, I'll stay with the homer pick. I'll go Packers. I think, you know, Josh Allen gets there. The Bills get there because he plays like an MVP level. They upgraded the pass rush. That's huge. And being the Chiefs, you saw that in the Super Bowl last year. And, you know, you got the good weapons around Allen. I think they can keep up with anyone. On the on the Packers' sides, I think Rodgers – Balls out again. I mean, offense is elite, top three offense. And I think it's honestly, at the end of the day, it's going to be up to the defense. If the defense can reach top five, which there's a chance, it's a small chance that they can do it, but they have the X factor players on that side. They have game changers on that side of the ball, but they have to show up week in and week out. And they're going to have to have some players to step up. I know you can say that about every single team, but there's legitimately good players at every single level on that Packers defense. And I think if they do it, they can win the Super Bowl. If they don't, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. But I got Packers over Bills. Super Bowl. That's my Super Bowl pick. I kind of hate it. I feel like I might jinx the Packers, but oh well. Manny, Super Bowl pick for you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit boring, but um, I have the Chiefs over, over the Bucks again. I think they're the two overall um, favorites going into this season, and I know it's a boring pick, but um, we all we I, I swear it's like every other year you see Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Everybody wants it, something new, something fresh, but it's always it's always Tom in there. And uh, I think he's gonna go up against the Chiefs again this year, just because um, the only reason they lost last year is because I think everyone can agree that that offensive line was was non-existent. It was it was terrible. Patrick Mahomes had to do some crazy acrobatic stuff back there to even get the ball off that even give the receiver and still give the receivers a chance. So I think it's that same matchup, that revenge game for the Chiefs. And I think they'll take it over the Bucks this time just because uh, it's surprising how well the Chiefs improved that offensive line. They traded for uh, for the tackle Stanley from, from the Ravens. They got uh, the guard Thune from the Patriots and uh, they got a couple guys coming back. So I think that offensive line is huge, that huge improvement on it. And I think they'll take it over the Bucks this year i'm gonna stick with my brown i'm gonna stick with the brownies it's a browns buccaneers super bowl i think the chiefs chiefs and browns are both equally talented i think they have their franchise quarterbacks they have you know maybe the chiefs have the edge in the offense with travis kelsey tyreek hill uh you know they have a good offense but the biggest thing is the browns overall have better depth than the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs, obviously, they've had to overpay or they've had to pay. I mean, they had to rightfully pay Patrick Mahomes his contract. I mean, he is far and away become the star of the NFL. Uh, now, the thing is that he's paid $50 million a year, which takes away a lot of money for another free agent, free agency acquisitions. And for draft picks, we see Tyron Matthew. We, I mean, hey, we might not even see him on the Chiefs next season just because they, he might be a cap casualty, unfortunately. I think the Browns have better depth overall from top to bottom than the Chiefs do. Yes, the Chiefs have star players, but I think the Browns beat them just based off of their depth and they, how, many, how many good players they have on that team. Now, going into that Super Bowl, I mean, it's Tom, I mean, it's Tom Brady after all. I mean, he is a good wide, he is a good quarterback and he has a good offense around him and he has a very good defense around him as well. And we saw it last season in the Super Bowl. I mean, they dominated the Chiefs team, who we thought was the best offense in the entire league. Uh, obviously, they got it after that Chiefs offensive line. That Chiefs offensive line is good, but you're adding in a lot of players for their first season with the Chiefs, whereas the Browns, you know, they a lot of those players, J.C. Treader, Joel Batonio, uh, you know, Wyatt Teller, all those guys have been in Stefanski's system and they know what they're going to do. So I think the Browns take it. 
I think Browns Buccaneers, it's going to be one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in the last couple of seasons. You can't, t- I mean, it's Tom Brady. I think the Buccaneers take it, if I'm going to be completely honest. Buccaneers take the Super Bowl again, second season in a row. Now, to, to clarify, Patrick, I, I think the Browns will be good. I think they'll be an AFC championship type level team, can make the Super Bowl possibly. I think your Baker pick's a little crazy because I think they're going to run the ball a little bit too much for the MVP. I think he'll step up because he's got the weapons around him, but I think it takes too much where, I don't know, I, I just don't see the MVP side, but I see him having a good season, if that if that makes sense. But each week we're going to do a, a small preview of the upcoming week. We'll, we'll do a recap mainly and then a small preview. We'll all preview one game pretty short and we'll, we'll keep it pretty short this week just because of of time but each of us goes through one team one game excuse me and just tells us a little bit why you're excited about this game for me i got dolphins versus patriots now this might not be the best game on sunday but i think there's a lot to look forward to i mean we got to see where Tua is that offense last year i think was built more for ryan fitzpatrick so i think that made to a struggle a little bit more. He was timid, it seemed like, also, throwing it far down the field. It was a lot of check down passes. He mainly threw it between zero and nine yards last year. But I want to see where he is. I mean, under pressure, his passer rating, his NFL passer rating dropped to 45.6. The 34th ranked QB under pressure last year. His passer rating was normally not under pressure. It was 99.3. Huge difference. Obviously, when you're under pressure, you're going to take a big drop off. We can't take that big of a drop off. So I'm excited to see how he plays. And it's going to be a challenge because that Patriots defense is bringing a lot of people back that they, that last year took a season off due to COVID. So I think the defense is going to be good for the Patriots. And I want to see how good they will be. I know they don't got Gilmore yet, but I think when Gilmore joins the squad in new England, I think it's going to be a top five defense. I think that's the potential for the Patriots. And then I want to see how Mac Jones plays. I mean, he's also going against a very good defense of the Dolphins. So I think we're testing something. We're seeing how that division is going to play out this year a tiny bit. And there will be overreactions to this game. But we're seeing two QBs we don't really know a lot about. And I want to see how they go against the inter- interdivisional rivalry. Who's your pick, Manny, for your week one game? Yeah, I got the, uh, the Packers against the Saints. Um, a couple of things, just – Everybody wants to see Jameis, how Jameis, he, they gave him the keys. He's got, he's got full control of this offense now. Um, Sean McVay put his trust in him. He won the QB battle, I think, rightly over, over Taysom Hill. Um, again, I might be overreacting, but um, what I saw from him in the preseason, he kind of, he just seemed like he was more under control. He didn't seem so frantic with his throws. Like he just wanted to get them all, all the yards in one play, just go downfield without a care in the world if it was going to be a pick or, a, or not. I think he'll be more composed under Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay has reeled him in a little bit, um, got, him to, um, got him to be more put into the game plan, and I think he'll be more controlled over that offense. And on the Packers side, I just want to see the – I want to see, like, the dynamic between Rodgers and uh, the coaching staff because everybody knows what happened on that last play. They didn't give him the ball on fourth down. They elected the kick and trusted that defense – um, but in hindsight, obviously that wasn't the right choice, but I want to see what that, that, what that dynamic is like, uh, with all the controversy and all the un, uncertainty in, in the off season with Rogers, he's come back now. They got him back for at least one more season, but I think there's still going to be a little bit of a sour grapes, if you would, um, between him and LaFleur, even though they'll, they'll never say it. I think there's always that, that second thought of that doubt there between, um, Rogers and, at least from Rogers to the floor about not trusting him enough to give him a ball. Um, and I want to see how that, that plays out um, at least for the first week. Patrick, your week one game. Yeah. My week one game is, you know, like I just talked about, I think it's an AFC championship preview Browns first, the chiefs. It's going to be, you know, like a lot of people have been talking about, it's going to be, the most watched game of this of week one. And I think it's going to be one of the best games of the entire season. Patrick Mahomes versus Baker Mayfield, uh, Odell and Jarvis Landry versus Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Both of those offensive lines going up against each other. Who's going to come out? There's a lot of good battles 
that, you know, it's going to be one of the better games of the season. That Browns defense is going to be, you know, it's going to be an interesting storyline to see. You know, they add a lot of new pieces in the offseason. So it's going to be interesting to see where, you know, how they all stack up and how they all fit in together. Obviously, chemistry is one of the biggest things for any team. So I think the Browns defense is going to be an interesting storyline just because they're, you know, I mean, this is really a lot of their first seasons in the Browns defensive system. And I think the same goes for the Chiefs offensive line. A lot of that team is brand new to the Chiefs, their culture. Yeah, they had training camp, but I mean, you really can't tell how a team, how good a team is or how bad a team is until you get in the game play. And I think that both teams are going to have an equally tough battle for week one. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a game to watch. I don't think you should miss it whatsoever. Uh, but I do think the chief, I think the chiefs are going to take it. Uh, but I think the Browns are going to get their revenge in that AFC championship game later on in the season. We have a really good opening slate for the NFL this week and the four o'clock games are insane. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm going to watch them all and pay attention because there's so many I want to watch. But that is our preview of the NFL this season. MVP, Super Bowl picks, bold, prediction, bold predictions, overhyped team sleepers. And then we previewed a tiny bit of week one in the NFL. And you can catch us every single week on this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you really get your podcasts, you can find First and Moose. It's presented by United to the Moose College Radio at West Virginia University. I've been Connor Taylor, Patrick, and Manny. You can join us every week. Thank you for listening.